0: Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, television, comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. It's another episode of The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast where we talk to your favorite actors from film, television, music, comedy, and more. Wherever pop culture is, uh, you will find us there. And we just love talking to amazing people on the show. And today our our guest will certainly uh, not disappoint. I, I've been looking forward to this conversation. We're talking with actor William Sadler who I was going through his work body of work it's unbelievable um, how much he has done and been a part of over the years as far as contributing to uh, the entertainment industry and we're definitely uh, happy to have him Bill uh, welcome into the show it's good to have you
1: (laughs) it's good to be here Brett how are you
0: I'm doing fantastic it's a beautiful day here Uh, we've got a break in the rain here in the Bay Area so um, we've got some sunshine today, so it's a perfect day to Sweet. to have a, a good conversation. Um, are you still in the L.A. area? Where are you located at specifically? No, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm on the East Coast now. Uh, okay. Kind of permanently. I moved back here. Well, we bought a farmhouse back in the 80s um, and a little bit of land upstate near Millbrook, New York. Okay. Uh, this tumble-down, beat-up farmhouse. And then we moved almost immediately moved to Los Angeles, did a lot of movies and then decided it was time to come back and live in the farmhouse and see if I could do it from here. And it seems I can. So I like living here anyway. I grew up in Buffalo's. So (laughs) I, I like the seasons.
0: Yeah. It's nice to have normal seasons. I guess you could say (laughs) whatever normal is these days as far as that. But it's interesting because a lot of, Actors like yourself who have been in the business for quite some time, who lived in LA and spent all of that time there, and then eventually moved back to other places like the East Coast. There's a lot of actors that do that. Right. Uh, because it seems like, even I think maybe this last year and a half kind of pushed the industry in the direction to do a lot of these auditions. And self tapes from afar. So I mean, it can be done quite easily. I'm guessing because you're doing it. So all you have to do is do that, yeah. and then travel to where you're going to. You can put your, to exactly, the you exactly. You can put
1: yourself. You put yourself on tape so easily these days. And I've been doing that for years now. Here, sort of self tape into you know meetings for, uh, for meetings for jobs or auditioning for jobs and what have you. Um, it's also just uh, I. I think in the beginning, when I was just starting out in Los Angeles, it was it was maybe more important to be there, to really be there, because you off you know you'd get a, you'd get an appointment. They'd say you know can you come in and meet the director, you know in a half hour, um, and it's it's so busy trying to get something going you know running around Los Angeles that I don't I'm not sure you could do that from afar. If, if you're just starting out, if you're in a position like I am, where you've people, people kind of call, okay, you know, once in a while with job, uh, you know, uh, job opportunities or something they want me to read, um, that can be done anywhere in the country, and then and then you're right, you know, if the if it works out and you get the job and what have you, you get on a get on a plane.
0: Well, that brings me to a, an interesting question because you just kind of alluded to it again, starting out, I remember as a sidebar here, talking to some people during the actual pandemic, CB Sweeney actually said, if I were starting out in the business today (laughs) during (laughs) these crazy times, I think I would probably pack up my car and go back home, uh, because it's just so challenging. Um, And I don't know if he was just talking about the last year or maybe just now, (laughs) given his extensive experience. But so it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's mostly for you these days because of where you're at. People are reaching out to you to work, right? They're sending you scripts and saying, hey, we would love William to be in this or that. And then there may be a little bit of time where you're actually going out to an actual audition physically. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly.
1: Um, Yeah. most. Every once in a while, young actors will ask me, you know, how do you get an agent? How do you, you know, how do you get your foot in the door? How do you get started? Because it's such a catch 22 in the beginning. You know, you, you can't get anybody to represent you unless you're in something and you can't get into something in a decent role unless somebody represent an agent sends you up for it. Yeah. Um and it goes and people wrestle with that for years. Um on both coasts, by the way. Um but <laughs> the um but once you're I, I, I never know what to say to them when they if they ask how to do it today, because I have I think the landscape has just changed so much, the business has changed so much. Um when I started we had I had an answering service in um, when I finally got to New York after all of the college and whatever, um, you know, and I was in the non-equity ensemble, Joe Papp's production of Henry V in the park, um, you know, spear carrier number 17 um <laughs> I love and, it. Yeah. But it, yeah, but it was such a long time ago. I found, you know, me and another guy found an apartment in the East Village for 150 bucks. Wow. So it's a different time. It's, a, you know, and then I did after that, I was there, you know, I was all of a sudden, I was living in New York that scared the crap out of me. Um, but I started doing off-off-Broadway shows. Play. I started doing plays that don't pay anything, um, just as many as I could. And I did, do- it seems like, dozens and dozens of these things. And then better-paying gigs and then regional theater. and then. But I found, a- I found an agent by going around and knocking on doors. And they would say, well, when you're in something, give me a call and I'll come and see it. Um, which is which is what I did. I and one of these little off-off Broadway shows was a Brendan Bean play called The Ballegom Bean Bequest, and uh, I had a terrific, terrific funny role in it. Um, and I called the Gauge Group, uh, Marilyn Zatmery, at the Gauge Group, and said, "I'm in this play. You know, if you'd like to come and see it." And she came. She came. She said, "You." I said, "You remember me? I was the." <laughs> I was the gay monk who carried the bench in, you know, Henry V. Um, and, but she came, and we did. We were doing it in a base, the basement of St Clement's Church, um, for nothing. For, it, was, it was just, you know, one of those off, off Broadway things. She came backstage afterwards and said, "I want to represent you." Um, and I was so, I was so green. I didn't know what she meant by that. Um, but she said, come by the office and, uh, on Monday and I'll, let's talk. And I had an agent, you know, that was, that's how I got mine, but I haven't, I, I just haven't got a clue how someone would go about it today in the, in the digital world.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Again, oh. you are not the first to have said that because it, it's, it's different. It's like. I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who, and and they even said, I don't even know how to answer that question. Like, I I can't even tell you because, You you know, and although we are not that far apart, he told this person, it's so different now, you know, coming up in the 80s comedy boom and getting discovered and then going through the process like everybody else, maybe looking at the trades that came out daily that had. The auditions in the um, back, you know, that said, OK, this is we're looking for this kind of person and we're looking for that kind of person. But even going further back for when you began, like you were literally I like the answering service thing, literally knocking on doors <laughs> to get people to notice you. And then eventually you get What's a that? few credits and then it's like, OK, now Bill Sadler is starting to progress in his career and sort of get somewhere somewhere. Um, as far as like what you would consider to be measurable success at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as being a a certified actor where you're getting paid to do this as a living, you know, even though you might be working maybe a few different jobs (laughs) on at the same time, you're working actor. And that's sort of what's pushing you to keep moving. I would imagine.
1: Like, you know, about the, the other actor that you mentioned, Sweeney, that that said, "I, I would get in my car and go home if I knew how, I think I just did, I had no idea how difficult it was going to be or how long it was going to take, but I didn't, and I I didn't set myself any limit either. I didn't say, you know, if I'm not doing, if I'm not working as an actor and within two years, I'm going to, you know, go be a dentist or something. Um, it never, it never even crossed my mind that I would, that it wouldn't occur. Um, I wasn't, I, I had no plan B.
0: <laughs> it was just kind of like you were going for it. You knew this yeah. was what you wanted to do yeah. and you were willing to, whatever were, risk was involved, you were just like, here we go. I
1: was also relatively successful at getting these jobs, you know, in, yeah. in the com- competing for different roles and things in, in, in the theater starting out. I was, you know, I was getting cast and and then doing work that people thought was good and I won an Obie Award for one off-off Broadway performance, the Villager Award, and you know it was. Um, I was sort of a, accumulating momentum, as well as I've always thought of it as like a pond. You keep dropping pebbles into the water, and the f- more people see you, and more people see you, and more people see you, and you, ever after a while, you sort of become inevitable. You okay? Do you know what I mean? They,
0: I do, yeah. Like At some you, point, it's
1: like the theory of the 100th hundred mon- monkey, you know? Yeah. Um, that one day one day your name is just, you know, everybody seems to know it.
0: It's in the mouths of the people that it needs to be in the mouths of because you've worked the way that the system is to be worked as far as like auditioning and getting the nose but yet still continuing on in the process and not giving up. And I think you said something interesting about not setting a timeline on yourself right. to make it happen either because I don't think you can really do that um, because this industry that you're a part of, I don't think works that way. Like, it, it just, I don't know. Somebody was, I was reading an article about the percentage of people that come to Hollywood on a regular basis, LA, yep. and then the actual percentage of people that actually stay you know Ugh. is even smaller than the ones that like travel out to LA or New York even to try and to make it so to speak in the business you know because it just it's so different than what i think most people would realize as as an industry yeah
1: there's and and i'm you know i don't know what it's like today in colleges that teach act, you know if you take acting classes in in college there were no, t- there were no classes on what to do once you hit the streets. Um, there were no classes at the time when I was, when I was doing it, I never saw a class on what's a good headshot. What's, uh, you, you know, things you're going to need a headshot, a resume, what's a resume look like? Um, how do you audition? What is there? A, is there a protocol that you need to follow? Um, you know, and now, and so there are a lot of, there was a lot of uh, learning on the, you know, you learn from others and you get advice from older actors. I was constantly asking older actors uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, questions about the business. And that's, you know, it's like an apprenticeship, um, you know, and then one day you're the older actor and <laughs> you've been doing it long enough that people ask you for advice.
0: Yeah. Now you're on the opposite side of that, but Again, because you've done a lot and have come so far in all of it, there's really, I would say, a disconnect because it seems a lot of stuff is social media driven. Um, At least a lot of the pitches that I get for my show, it's like their social media is this and that. And I I think it's great for that person who's achieved all that, but that's not going to really drive anything on my end necessarily uh, to make a decision because it's like I could tell you it doesn't really make an effect on the reach that I have or the people that listen to my show or what I take into consideration when I'm trying to find somebody to talk to. Um, un- unless it's someone like yourself who is seasoned and is just really been a part of a lot, you know, and I say that honestly, because it's like, again, just going through everything you 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 made it work basically whatever it took you made it work um and uh it's it's panned itself out you know clearly for you i would say uh in in the types of roles that you've had in, in your career so far it seems to
1: have and i get more interesting roles now i just did a movie with karen allen called a stage of twilight that's this beautiful little indie um we shot it in New Milford, Connecticut, and it's and it's this sort of love story between a man and a woman who've been married forty-two years, and uh, <laughs> and and like I say, it's a it's a love story. They're they're wrestling with some end of life issues, and um, it was fascinating for me because I don't get I don't get a chance to play that very often. I get asked to play you know, kill, l- killers and um, evil, yeah. <laughs> evil, <laughs> doers. I did, you know, and this movie had no zombies in it. I didn't have to shoot anyone. Um, it, it was, j- and it was just this beautifully written picture of, of uh, a simple life, you know, and, and some very real, uh, some very real issues, some very real dramas that they had to, they had to work their way through. So it's called the stage of twilight. It should be, it's going to go to festivals, I'm sure. Okay. Um, so if your audience wants to watch for it, Karen Allen is extraordinary. Um, she's just, I, I'm, I've seen the film now and she's just, I just thought she was flawless. It's one of those, <laughs> you don't, I was standing on the, you know, watching her on when you're shooting is one thing. But then you see her on screen and you say, ah, oh, that's what, look at that. The camera just lo- adores her face and she apparently can't make a false move.
0: That sounds exciting to to check out. So when you get these offers, yeah. you know, we joke a little bit about no zombies, you're not a prisoner, you know, or, or yeah. Yeah. Um, like the Green Mile or whatever the case might be. Right. But when you're doing, you know, at this stage of the game for you, what are you looking for as an actor that what lights your fire and makes you go, this is something that I want to, I really commit like my to t- yeah, commit my time to uh, and really do it, you know, and and make it something special like this film that you're mentioning?
1: I guess what I look for when when I read a script is i when i for example, when I read this, I read the scenes that uh, I did in the The Highwaymen. Which is a little a television movie with Kevin Costner and Woody.
0: great Huff. movie, by the way, on Netflix. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is. They're, they're
1: wonderful in it. But I read that little scene as the father as Clyde Barrows' father. And the moment I read it, I was I was filled to overflowing with, with emotion. It just like filled me up. It was so clear what he, what this father's he's gonna ask this FBI guy, I know what you're going to I know this I know how this is going to end. Just please do it fast. You know. It was <laughs> basically that's sort of basically what the scene was was like. But um I look for I, I look for scenes and dialogue and characters that that move me somehow. They um there's something going on in their in their hearts you know that's important um and that's the case with or i guess not i mean it doesn't have to always be heavy like that but i i did say i'm doing salem's lot right now um i know this is my fourth stephen king movie um and I, but i play a character who's funny um which is which is another thing that I didn't—I didn't get a chance to do a lot of in my early career in film. I did it all the time in New York. Um, yeah, be, being funny was part of my—it's in my DNA. Um, I was—I sta- did stand-up comedy back in Buffalo in high school, um, so when I get a chance to do it, I—I I love to—I love to do it. And this character in—in—in in, in, um, Salem's Lot is. is in some ways he's 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 almost the comic relief in the story it's a little bit like haywood in shawshank you know he, you laugh at him because he's not the he's so not bright um, um yeah but uh, i look for that you know i look for there's there has to be something in the writing or something in the in the character that um that Gets under my skin that uh, makes me smile, or 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 I guess occasionally it's a I get drawn to characters that I I can't figure out. There's no easy way to to there's no easy or automatic way to do this guy. I, I'm going to have to it, it's going to be a challenge, you know to to find to find the heart of this person, um, and I'll occasionally take a take a job. The one with Karen Allen was a bit that way. When I started, when I started the movie, I thought, I one of the things that drew me to it was that I couldn't figure out who this guy was. Um, he was complex enough, you know. He wasn't. He wasn't sort of a cardboard character. And it goes, oh, I know, I. <laughs> There there have been a lot of those over the years where you say, I know. I know what they need. They want you know, <laughs> know like oh this I is know exact-
0: I know what yeah. <laughs> I
1: know exactly what they want and it's this you know, and I do it and I do it well and you know, it services the movie. But once in a while you get off with something that's you know more organic than that or more more nuanced than that. And those are those are really fun.
0: Yeah, I can imagine just it kind of stretches your skin, so to speak, and takes you maybe in a direction that you're not expecting to go. But then it balances out, like you said, with these other projects where they call you and say, "Okay, I know what we're going for here. Um, This is definitely written for William Sadler and we bring him on and he delivers amazingly. And then on to the next thing. So. (laughs) <laughs> but it's great, though, because you do it so flawlessly, I feel, watching, just kind of looking back at some of the things that you've done, it's like, it makes sense as a viewer, but then uh, we get used to that. But then I could see why it would be meaningful to you as an actor and just a human being to be able to get these roles that are so different than what you're used to getting, because it it has to be refreshing, too, in a way, because it's like, this is something that I've never maybe tackled before as an actor. And now I get the chance to, to right. do something different. And then people get to see a different side of you that they maybe haven't seen and something that you've done. Yeah. I think
1: that's, I, I think that's, that's pretty much the case. When I started out in Los Angeles, I was the, the very first things I did were like, um, in the movies anyway, were project X. I killed all the chimps with Matthew Broderick watching, um, uh, hard to kill. I was the evil guy, Senator Trent who had murdered his family. Um Project uh Die Hard Two evil motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know it's just like evil, 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 evil. And once they, you know, once they've seen once they've seen that you're you that you can do something well, um, it's very easy for Hollywood to say, oh no, he's He's great at that. I don't. I'm looking, and they, they're very comfortable pitching you, casting you for in roles that they've already seen you play. Something like that. Um. And then I did Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, as the Grim Reaper, who is funny. Um, and it was a long auditioning process because I'm sure they weren't sure. You know, so what can he be funny? Can he, you know. Because um, they go by what they've seen before, but I wanted to do it because because he was so funny, because right. I because I saw a way I could, you know, I could use my funny bone, and be a be an amusing character, and do a crazy Czechoslovakian accent that I that I stole when I was in the theater.
0: Wow. It's all great. One last question here. I know again you've been in this a lot a long time and a lot of people I'm sure have asked you for advice, but what is the best advice that you were ever given William in your career that sustained you early on that kept you going and motivated to keep doing this?
1: I, I used to get angry. Um, I used to get resentful and angry. There's so many, no, there's so many times you get turned down and you, you feel like you're, you know, you don't get the job because you're too tall or you're too short or you're too, you don't have a name. We need a name. Um, is there any, no, there's a million reasons. And then the process of auditioning is, is, you know, 90%, 99%. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, <laughs> to you're not say the right. least.
1: And, and thank you. We'll call you. And you get, um, and, and I used to beat myself up over it. I used to get I used to get angry and frustrated and, and resentful and I, ha- I had an agent tell me one time he said this is a, this is a marathon. this is a long road. Um, you can't get cr- you can't go crazy over these things or you'll burn yourself out. And nobody likes to see an edgy angry actor walk into an audition. And I realized, you know, and he, he was absolutely right. Um, you know, I was—I t- was taking things personally that I really didn't need to take personally, and—and uh, uh, and it shifted my—it—it it, it shifted my view of of the whole auditioning process. That, that they're looking for someone who can help them. They really want you to be the one. They've been looking for weeks. That, you know. They they want you to be the one as bad as you want to be the one. Um, they're not the enemy, you know. Um, and it was a you know that was <laughs> that was very useful because I think I was uh, I may have been losing jobs because I was coming into I was coming in too edgy um, into these rooms. But that was a piece of advice that I got once upon a time. Um, Walter Hill, the first time I worked with Walter Hill, he was like, uh, he didn't say much. Um, you would do, I, I did this little tales from the crypt, the very first episode of tales from the crypt and it kicked all of these doors open for me because, uh, it was right up my alley. It was, he's a, he's a bad guy, but he has a sense of humor, you know? And, uh, And he has these monologues right into the camera, these long, long speeches right into the camera. And my theater background just made that like, yeah, of course, you know, Um, but Walter every once in a while would drop a little pearl of advice about, it took me a while to learn the difference between acting on stage and acting in front of cameras and the power of cameras, the, I mean, the, serious, limitless power of a close-up, you know, that there's a universe of things you can do, you know, <laughs> when you're up here.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather it's than unbelievable. In
1: a, in a room with 1,100 people, you have to do it different. Um, anyway, yeah. Things you learn.
0: Yeah. Very fascinating. I, again, I, I want to say thank you for your time, Um, I know you're in the middle of production and life is quite busy for you. So I think, you know, the overarching theme of this conversation is just persistence pays off. I think in the long run, if you're persistent, you work hard and you stay on course, it's a marathon, right? That's really what it comes down to. I also,
1: I also would urge people to do theater in that there's some, there's, it's such a different animal but it's an actor's medium. You, you work those muscles, eight hours a day in rehearsals, and then eight times a week in performances. And the curtain goes up and it's two hours of you and your friends creating something on, on the spot live in front of people with no one to say cut and no way to go back and do it over. Um, And it just, it, it creates muscles in an actor's body that will help enormously when you get to the movie set. And it's, you know, 3 AM in the morning and they still haven't gotten to your big scene where you break down because your brother died and you better have, you have to be able to haul it up out of somewhere, you know? And I found that all of those years of theater um, gave me a, a, uh, you know, like a toolkit. I was, it's hard to describe, but movies and television are are an editor's medium. It's the it's the director's medium. Um, you do your little tiny bit and and leave, you know, and it's hard to get good at something that you, you do, you know, in two minutes pieces and then walk away and you don't, and you know, then they need you next week. You come in and do another, little bit um it's it's hard to learn how to be good at anything if that's how you're practicing so so that's that's my only other advice to young actors is get some theaters practice, get some theater experience where you get to use all the muscles in a in a you know an extended period of time
0: i love it william sadler thank you for your time and for joining us today i appreciate it
1: my pleasure take care